Welcome to episode two of the podcast. So today I'm joined by Mel. Hello. <laughs> I'm going to start you off with a tricky question. Go on. What's your favourite takeout and what would you order? Oh, um, well, I'm intolerant to everything, so that doesn't help. But if I weren't, it'd have to be pizza. I'm probably, I do, I do like a Hawaiian, not going to lie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm no. a pineapple. See, pineapple and pizza for me doesn't go together. No, That's, it doesn't. Uh... <laughs> right, so who is Mel? I am a personal trainer slash online coach also a lifeguard so I do a bit of bit of everything um yeah that's pretty much me <laughs> in an in a nutshell I like everything health fitness and I also love like food that sort of thing everything in that umbrella <laughs> okay um what got you into fitness uh years ago so when I was 14 so about I don't know eight years ago I had my appendix out and for a very small operation I was very ill after it because basically the air they pump you up with it's like got mint in it and I'm allergic to mint so that's great so it took me ages to recover so um I think being like kind of bed bound and always not really being the smallest child shall we say um I think I just realized I want to be able to like move and use my body because my dad's like a competitive bodybuilder as well I kind of just like watched what he done and I, got, I saw results really quick, which got me quite obsessed. <laughs> Do you feel like you had pressure with your dad being fitness to get into it? To be honest, no, because he kind of just did his own thing. Like, he's your typical old-school bodybuilder, like, went to the gym on his own, like, massive hoodie, massive joggers. Like, he was just, he kind of did his own thing. But then I think when I, I got into it, it was like, he didn't expect it, because he always expected, like, the boys, like, my older brother and my younger brother to get into it which I have now, but it's took him like quite a few years. But no, to be honest, he was quite, he was, he just let me do my own thing. I know that people say, obviously, they've got somebody in their life who's into fitness. He kind of pushes them into fitness, but... Yeah, no, it were, to be honest, it weren't ever like that. Because like I said, I weren't even like a sporty kid. I didn't like sports growing up. Like, I was just bang average at kind of everything. Um, I didn't really like team sports. So when I found like training, I enjoyed it because, like I said, I saw results really quick, which then got me like a little bit too obsessed as like an impressionable 14 year old but okay move on to that later (laughs) (laughs) um what's it like being a pt good i love it i love like the in-person pt aspect and the online coaching so i do a bit of both um honestly didn't think i'd enjoy it as much as i do i think because you're physically seeing people change and you're educating people and they're learning from you it's um really what's the word like it's a very job satisfaction sort of job. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, so you get a lot of job satisfaction. People like, you have such kind messages all the time because people are like, oh, I've changed my life, which essentially you have because you've changed people's habits. So yeah, I love it. I love it for the time being. Yeah, so that's the, that's the job. Like we're looking yeah. at people's lives into there. We try and change people's lives and it's not only their fitness, but it's mentally and stuff as well. We're trying to help them. Yeah, um, definitely. With the last year and stuff with uh, lockdown and stuff. Obviously, we're trying to help more than ever, really, and change people's mindset. Some places, probably for yourself, and not for me, gyms are kind of your outlet. Yeah. Like, when you get rid of, I don't know, a bit of stress or anything, really, emotions, go to the gym. Which I think people really did with, with lockdowns. Obviously, people made their own, like, makeshift sort of gyms. But along you said before, you found that, like, it's just not the same. Like, it's not the same as, like, an environment. Even though you don't like the gym being packed and really busy, it's nice to have, like, just... A different environment that isn't yeah your shed or somewhere really close. Yeah, I was to I was doing home. probably about half an hour in the in yeah. the carriage 
Whereas at the gym, I could do like an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah, without even getting bored, you just love it. But yeah, it's definitely. Um, I definitely prefer to be back in the gym. Like I say, for a lot of people, it's their kind of outlet. You know, just to get just to kind of their own space and their own time. For some people, their own time is going to the gym and having their time there. And it's just it's just as simple as like that hour, hour and a half you spent outside. So like outside your house, sorry, because like I work predominantly from home. So like I need that outlet to kind of go and go somewhere different that isn't like the same four walls. Um, will you say a bit online coaching? What do you prefer? Do you prefer face to face or do you prefer online coaching? Or don't you prefer? <gasps> I don't think prefer? I have a preferable preferable I don't think I prefer either to be honest like I think I like having the mixture though I don't think I'd like just doing one of them to say like online coaching I love because people are a little bit more accountable in terms of they will constantly message you if they have any problems or um you can send them over it's like quite easy whereas on um in person they normally just wait to see you to then tell you what the problems are instead yeah. of just dropping you a message, which is fine. Like, you can just drop me a message when you want. But I think I like the mixture. I don't think I'd prefer either or. But I think long term, I do want to switch more online because I want to work more remote. I think but online PT, obviously, it's only really become a thing in the last, like, what, four or five years? Yeah, definitely. But it's more for, like, it's been more for, like, competitors in the past. Hmm. And it's only been recently, like, people more lifestyle are doing it. I think it's because they don't have to, say, if you're a busy person, you don't have to then dedicate yourself to go out for an hour and meet someone, you can kind of work your schedule around you and still make amazing progress. But obviously online as well has become a massive thing. And not only social media, um, online has just become what we can go on our phones online straight away. Uh, laptops, tablets, anything now online. Yeah. So I think that's why online has become more of a, I don't know, maybe taken over slightly with yeah. face-to-face PT. And it's, it's, like I said, it's easy because you have like your check-in day, say for like instance, I do a check-ins on Monday and a Friday. And I know by then, I'll get to see their, sort of, what their results have been for that week. Like, whether things have worked, whether things haven't worked, whether we need to change anything. If things have worked, we, we normally don't even change anything, because why fix what's not broken? It's mm. my favourite saying at the moment. <laughs> um, but it's exactly like that. Like, And I love saying to people, look, I don't need to lower your calories, or I don't need to increase or put any cardio in, because you're already making progress. And I think that gives them the realisation to being like, oh, this isn't that difficult it's just more so hard to get into more of a routine doing it but i think having someone there keeps you like accountable is there anything that you found since you've been doing pt that's hard you found difficult or something that you thought was going to be easy was turned to be tricky um not really i think it's because i've not really had a template to go from so like i don't know anyone other than like you who do pt and everyone does it different. And I think with online, I didn't know how people set up programs, so I kind of just did that myself. Um, it's all like the visualisation of things, I think, has been more the hardest thing. And like how to actually get across your point to people without seeing them, if that makes sense, without having that conversation. So I've found like I do voice note people all the time instead of just like writing things and then sending them, or I send like video demonstrations with cues and stuff. But then I think the hard thing is, is you don't know if you're like quote unquote doing it right. Um, but then when you see results, you're obviously like, okay, I'm doing something right. I think that's probably been the hardest thing. And then the other thing is when like people sometimes don't always like listen and I'm just like, ah, you know, you can't do nothing about that. And 
I think you take ownership on you that you're not doing something right when you've give them the tools to do things right. But to be honest, everyone I've had has been really good and I've not really had any issues. Well, I don't think there's really a right way to do things, really. Yeah. Everyone's different and it, it, some ways work for some people and obviously there's ways I do things that probably work for me yeah. and you do things that work for you and everyone else. So I don't think really there's a right way. And I think the worst thing you can do really is go off what somebody else does or yeah. template. Because yes. then you, you, you kind of... You, you kind of do, try to do what they do and that's not kind of you. You yeah. should put your own kind of personality and your own thing to it really. Yeah. So I think going off just what you think's best is, I think that's definitely the best way to do it. Um, with your clients, do you think they've taken well to your, like your coaching yeah. and training and stuff? Yeah, 100%. Like, like I said, like, I can only thank them for taking that chance on me because even though I've been into fitness myself for like, like I said, about eight years, training someone else is a completely different story and they've obviously took the chance on me as like a quote-unquote beginner to all of this and like believed in me to do right by them and to be honest they've, they've all been really good and they've all took well to everything and the progress really does show um in the long term and and I'm a big believer in you shouldn't have a coach forever so like when I feel like they are ready to go off on their own I won't be like oh no you could probably carry on I'll just I'll be honest and say look you've got all the tools now you've done it yourself obviously that will take longer than four weeks for a lot of people that'll take longer than eight weeks it might take a couple of months but I do think people have to kind of fly the nest and do it by themselves and like they know when they do leave I am always here if they need like a chat or just a bit of reassurance on things but honestly yeah I've not had any problems really it's been quite smooth what was your kind of first step to get yourself into personal training or into coaching what was your first thing you did was it like set up i don't know a logo was it s- it well, well first get the qualification <laughs> <laughs> because i had all the knowledge i just had to get it all out to get that one piece of paper to show i knew what i was doing um and then i think i think i set up an instagram page because i have my main instagram then i set up just a purely like business instagram um I think about my own transformation on there because like I'm not gonna be around the bush I've had loads of up and downs because I learned it all myself when I got into it we didn't have much of a balanced approach and you'll probably remember this like years ago it was more like people competed a lot more mm. so that's yeah. how what we'll talk about uh, later on where my sort of like disorders come from but um yeah it was setting up an Instagram page and then I set up my logo um and I kind of just marketed it. I mean, I did a marketing degree, so it kind of helped that way. Um, but yeah, and then people, the place where I worked before, they kind of contacted me. So everyone who I've had have contacted me and just asked to work with me. And it's kind of just like gone from word word of mouth sort of thing, seeing other people seeing people's progress pictures and being like, oh, that's good, that sort of thing. Just go off on a tangent. You didn't go for every marketing you've... And you went to PT instead? Because, so long story quick short, <laughs> so I left school years ago when I was 16 um, and I always wanted to go into PT and I wanted to do it at college. Um, literally the day before, I was, I was like, no, nope, I, nope, I can't do it. So I went and did A-levels and I did um, psychology, sociology and health and social. Hated sociology, <laughs> so I dropped it like halfway through the first year and picked up media. And I always found that I enjoyed like the creative side but I always brought fitness into it so like for my like end project or whatever I did a fitness magazine in media and I was like oh this is fun like I like doing this and then I never really wanted my 
sort of hobby passion to turn into a job because I didn't want to ever get not bored of it but like I didn't want it to consume me that much so I thought oh I like media I'll do marketing at uni so then I did marketing I was like "Mm, not for me but even still my dissertation I did on a fitness product (laughs) so everything's still tied in with the whole fitness I just didn't want necessarily be a PT it's always been there kind of thing yeah yeah like yeah always always been there um and then when I left uni I did some work experience for a gymwear company in marketing and I was like "Mm, still not for me I was like I want it to be but it weren't and then it weren't until we went into lockdown I kind of realized like I've got two options I can either go into sort of like an office-based marketing job or I can get my level three and something just clicked and I just got it and then was not really going to do anything with it until we went into the second lockdown and I was like hmm maybe I will do something with it and then here we are <laughs> I think it's um a lot of people actually go into a different profession first yeah and then a lot of people come into fitness personal training or whatever it is afterwards yeah is that what um, you did or did you go straight into no I, I came straight into fitness so I, I same left school I was I got my qualification at school yeah. level three went straight into work experience got a job um and then I stayed on and went way up basically that's good. I went from private to public sector and based from there started personal training. But I think a lot of people, I don't know what it is, it's a lot of people just decide to come from a different profession and to personal training. Obviously, it, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Obviously, it's not as easy as it always looks. No, and I think more. I think you've got to have experience in it. Like, I can't imagine just doing the course without never having my own experience because I feel like it's more anecdotal, obviously, when you do have your experience, but you've been through it yourself, you've seen others go through it, You've worked, I worked in industry for years before I went into doing my own personal training, I didn't just think, oh, I like fitness, I'll get my qualification and I'll then train people, it's not sort of how it works, I think you've got to have your own like couple years experience, you've got to work in industry, so, sort of like figure out how it all works really. Yeah, I'll definitely opinion. say, I think yeah, face to face, do some sessions, work yeah. on the gym floor for a little bit, just to get the experience because obviously like you said qualification it's a piece of paper in the day yep. it's dead easy to do yep. people can pass in like 6-12 weeks now so it's not all about that but it's you, not it doesn't mean they know what no, they no. should know before when you, you pass you can't learn that kind of stuff in 12 weeks no it takes ages it takes years to build it up and to find ways that work and work for you like you said trying to do things your own way yep. you, you've got to learn that over time you can't learn that in 12 weeks it's no impossible. of course and like even on the course like I don't know whether about you but we only learnt like a handful of actual exercises to teach people so if I'm then going to have to write a programme and I've only just done my qualification you're not going to know it you get, you need the uh, your own experience to know how to teach others how to do it and like form cues and everything because you don't learn that on every single exercise and it's hard when you see people who have just passed and are a bit clueless. It's hard for someone who has experience in it. I've always said you can tell a good a good personal trainer on the gym floor if what they want to do, that equipment's being used and they need to do an alternative. Yeah, if definitely. If they're good, they can think on the feet of an alternative for the same uh, body part or for yeah. the same kind of exercise. If they're not, they'll always skip it or they'll just totally go off track. Yeah. To me, that's how you can tell a good trainer from a bad trainer, really. Yeah, because you know, you know abundance of exercises, you know which muscles them exercises work, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, right, let's go on to um, a little bit about obviously your clients, stuff like yeah. that. So, what's the best advice that you have been given over the years and that you could probably give to probably clients? 
everything in moderation, probably, because I had a time in my life for a long couple of years which moderation just weren't a thing. I was cutthroat. I went completely from being kind of like a normal, unhealthy kid to cutthroat, clean eater, shall we say, quote unquote. Hate that. Hate that saying. But that's what it was. And I didn't learn moderation until I'd been through the really like lean phase. I'd been through the binging phase. And it hasn't, it's only been within the last like three years where that's been a part of my sort of like, you know, journey. So I would definitely say everything in moderation because people feel like have such food guilt when they eat like a chocolate bar or something, they think they're going to then gain 10, 10 pounds. But then if they eat a grenade bar, which has roughly the same calories, just a higher pro- protein content, they're like, oh, that's fine. So I'd just say like everything in moderation. Same with exercise, like... You don't have to train six to seven days a week. You need rest. And again, that was something I didn't do. I didn't rest. Yeah. I used to get up before school. To go with the chocolate thing, it's it's like the carbs thing. Yeah. It's like everyone thinks that carbs are bad. And that the, if, I don't know, everyone seems to cut out carbs first, thinking that's the, the problem. Yeah. Keto? Yeah, it's, it's probably not your problem. No. Your problem is probably you eat too much. Or, or drinking too much. much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's the same with the chocolate thing. Like, you can have chocolate and you, mean you can have bits just don't go mad with it. Like you said, moderation. Don't yeah. go mad. Eat chocolate maybe for like most of your day. Obviously, you're going to put weight on. Yeah. But if you just, just go to a deficit, eat less, um, and you've got calories left, then have the chocolate. You'll, you'll probably find that eating a little bit of chocolate for your diet will probably keep you more on that diet. Yeah, it's a soul food. Like, I love chocolate. I couldn't go a day without it. I have it every single day. Yeah, I have so it in moderation, but I need to have it else I'll go crazy. Yeah, same. Like, if the calories are left and I've got the calories left to eat the chocolate bar, I'll eat the chocolate eat bar. Eat the chocolate bar. Enjoy the chocolate bar. Yeah, definitely. I think it'll, like, so it'll definitely keep you more on track than you would if you didn't eat it and cut it completely the cold turkey. Yeah. You'll crave that chocolate. So you're going to go for it then. Yeah, definitely. Whereas if you have it in moderation, like... I don't know, every other day or something like that, at least you're still getting that kind of fix. Yeah. But you won't kind of, you won't be like starving for it then. And you'll stick to your diet better, I think. I think the other thing is when people just cut the calories, they just think, oh, I've got to eat like a thousand calories to lose weight. But they don't realise their body will become efficient off a thousand calories. Like that'll no longer be your massive deficit. That'll be your maintenance. And you don't want to live your life having to eat a thousand calories. And if you go over it's because that's your new maintenance you will gain weight and I think because people get like like I've had to say for my clients way over half I've had to reverse diet them first because they've started with me on 1200 calories and I'm like that's what a toddler should eat a day not a full-grown human who whose body just will burn through that like just sitting there all day if you was a potato you'd probably burn through like most of those calories Mm. so I think that's a major thing that you can eat a lot more than you think and me included I fell into that trap I thought I'll eat less lose less lose more it just weren't it weren't the case so I think that's like a major thing that we need to kind of get out of I think people need to realize well like you said um, about when their body changes they need to change their calories yeah because if 100%. they like you said if they're trying to stick at the same calories um and obviously a lot of their body weight's reduced because of lost weight or anything like that they, they won't see no change Obviously, you've got to recalculate your calories and stuff. If you've lost, I don't know, 10 kilo, you're going to have to recalculate calories. Otherwise, it's going to be, like you said, in the maintenance, or you might be going to a surplus instead. Yeah. Because your body weight's dropped, so you need to recalculate your calories. Something I want to touch on there, you said reverse dieting. What's reverse dieting? Um, How would you explain it? My definition to reverse dieting would be, save someone... I'll just give an example, because that's how I can best ex- yeah, explain it. So if 
someone say I'll take myself actually so I'm a very active person train four days a week I was a lifeguard before this so I was always on my feet I also train people again always on my feet um I'm, I'm only five free and I was eating like 1500 calories not enough for my body and I was I was maintaining I had no energy fatigue felt rubbish um so reverse dieting is slowly bringing up your calories and kind of monitoring what's happening week to week so say I don't know you bring up your calories I brought mine up really slow so 150 to 100 a week you can do it quicker but I didn't I wanted to kind of minimize fat gain um so I brought them up to like 1700 so 15 to 1700 um sort of monitored what happened I lost weight initially because I had all this extra energy I was obviously moving a lot more lost weight initially so I reevaluated and increased them again lost weight again <laughs> increased them again kind of balanced out um that's what I would say reverse dieting is it's sort of quote-unquote helping your metabolism sort itself out or helping your body function sort of sort itself out and just have a lot of better relationship with food having more energy not a trick question but uh, I know people have asked this why why did you evaluate it or when did you know when to evaluate I checked in with myself each week so each week like I have check-ins with my clients I set a day which was a Friday because I didn't want to do a Monday because I was like everyone starts on Monday so I was like I'm going to start on a Friday Um, and every Friday I took my progress pictures took my measurements took my weight everything would be the same so it'd be first thing in the morning without food after the toilet you know Um, so every variable would be the same Um, I checked in with myself if my weight measurements and stuff went down, I know I was in a deficit and I looked leaner. If they stayed the same, I knew I was kind of maintaining. Um, if they went up, I was obviously in a bit of a surplus. I know like you can take hormones into account, you're bloated, blah, 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 which is why I use more than one method sort of thing. And I do take into account whether I've trained the day before because of inflammation. So, but yeah, I kind of played it by ear. I'm very in tune with my body, so I kind of knew if I was maintaining slash def- in a deficit or in a surplus. so I think um, definitely a few points there. People need to take into their consideration, really. Like, yeah. when they're, I don't know, when they're weighing themselves or if they're trying to adjust their calories, they definitely need to, like you said, you can't evaluate. Yeah. And not do it, like, in a few days. No. It needs to be, like, a week or two or something like that. And if it's not working, whether it's a deficit or surplus, obviously change it a little bit. So whether it's an extra 100 or 200 calories or... 100, 100 or 200 calories less to yeah. go more of a deficit and then they can see if there's a change obviously in, in two weeks time there's no change obviously in maintenance and then it's just like that so I definitely think that that's uh, one big thing that people need to realise yeah, when doing I th- it I do think that's where a coach comes handy because it, it's a lot of information to kind of take for a new beginner it's like I don't know where to start where do you start <laughs> with that so I think having a coach to kind of teach you that it can be very beneficial for people. Like, I have some girls now who have reverse dieted, like, they've got, like, five, 600 calories on top of what they was eating, and they're still losing because they have all this extra energy. They might fidget more. They might... Everything will burn a bit quicker. They have a bit more muscle because they're training. So they're feeling, like, a lot better on more calories. Like, we have obviously hit to some point where we are at maintenance now, um, but I will never drop people's calories below, like, 1400 unless you are very like overweight sort of thing because I just I don't believe in starving people and I think you need to do things sustainably and that is sort of my ethos on things it might be a slower process um 
but I'll never put you on an aerocardio and a thousand calories to lose weight because that's easy. Anyone can do that for a short period of time. I think the, the calorie thing that you said is the same as we said about the chocolate just. Yeah. Like, if you on low calories, you want to crave food. Yeah. So you want to eat. Whereas if you're on a sustainable kind of calories, you're less likely to snack and stuff like that because your body's fed. Yeah. Whereas if you're starving yourself, naturally your body wants to feed because it needs, like you said, the energy. The energy is a good point. Um, obviously, if you've got more energy, you'll, you'll do more, you'll move more, train more. Whereas if you've got less energy, you just won't be bothered to. Yeah, like when I was really lean, I remember like I used to get my training session in, but getting off the settee was a chore. Like I was drained. I couldn't, I couldn't even be bothered to get off the settee. I'd push through my workout and that would even be like tough. And but then like doing anything other than training was a real big effort, and it's you don't live your life like that really. No, obviously people see on Instagram all the time or stuff like that, really lean people. Yeah, yeah, it looks great, but you don't see the side effects of that or the the background of that. Yeah. So like you said, how do they feel when they're at home or any time of the day? How do they feel? I guarantee that when they're at home or when they're training, they've got less energy than. A normal yeah. person. You speak to anyone who's like open about things, or like you hear people on social media, and they will say being lean is is rubbish. You can't go out for well, you can go out for food, but preferably you don't go out for food. You have no energy. You have to do all this cardio. Like it's not fun to stay lean. You might as well have a bit more body fat if that's normal for you. Like some people are naturally lean, and fair enough. But if having a bit more body fat is your like comfortable set point, then you don't want to be putting your body in a deficit all the time to look a certain way. Like it's Overall, it's just not worth it. No, it's definitely it's about quality of life. It is yeah. how you look, because really nobody's gonna really care how you look. No, <laughs> unless you like it's your job or it's you're in that one percent. No one really cares really how you look. And let's face it, in this country, you're not gonna see it anyway. No, it's raining most of the time. <laughs> yeah, so what's the point? Um, so there's another thing that I want to, you said about there about when you are measuring yourself. Yeah, and you said about you do it at a certain time and stuff. That's something people need to realise. Yes. Like, how so many people weigh themselves or measure themselves at different times of the day, different days. I, I, I could, there's loads of different variables there. Massive. They need to do it at the same time. They're trying to do it the same day and kind of in the same situation. Yeah. Um, because loads of things can affect it. Like you said, go to the toilet. Uh, yeah. That can affect it. Water intake. So try and do it on the same day, same time, same situation. It is a very, it's a sort of very consistent lifestyle. Like, if this is something you want to do or get more into, it is kind of structured in a way, Uh, especially if you're kind of serious about it. If it is more of a lifestyle, you don't have to be like that, but you do want to kind of control all variables because then you're going to get the most accurate results. Just like, I don't know, like a, I don't know, I can't compare it to anything, (laughs) but just just like, it's just one of those where you know, you've got to keep these variables the same because things will change. Like, I can wake up, weigh myself, have breakfast, and I'm, like, 2kg heavier Yeah. because I've just ate. I think it's disheartening. It's the main thing. When people weigh themselves, and obviously, if they do it at a different time of the day, and like I said, they've eaten a full day's worth of food, Yeah. and you weigh yourself, you're probably going to, well, you're more likely going to be heavier than if you do yourself first thing in the morning, and it's going to be disheartening. Because yeah. you're like, oh, I've trained all this week, or I've done what I and I've put, like, £2. It's like, well, what do you expect? If you do it at the same time, you'll see more of a difference then. Yeah, you know If you keep doing it at different times of the day and everything, so many factors. I do think, like, inflammation is a massive thing as well. Like, like so I check in on... I do people on a Monday and a Friday. And normally, if someone trains, say, the Sunday or the Thursday, they might wake up that little bit heavier. If they've done a heavy, good leg session, they will be heavier. Their legs will be probably bigger because they're swollen from the sort of, like, water. 
and that that bum them down they'll be like oh I've, I've gained on my my thighs I've gained I've gained weight overnight and I'm like no you've trained your your body's in inflammation and you're quite, sort of like quote unquote swole and it'll go down like I've not trained properly all week because I've got a bit of a wrist injury and I am flat like I feel like my muscles have just all the glycogen gone and I just feel flat but I know as soon as I go train I'll kind of puff back out again um but yeah it's just being being mindful but that's what we're here as coaches to do to kind of educate people on why this might happen or why they might wake up a bit heavier that sort of thing do you know what it's an actual really simple simple thing and people just don't I don't know they don't think about it or they, no. they overlook something simple like that like weighing yourself at the same time of the day or measuring yourself it's such a simple thing I try and stress it so bad, but sometimes I still don't. I don't get a check until like midday, and I'm like, "Did you just take that picture? <laughs> Did you have you ate?" <laughs> but yeah, it's one of them where you've just got to kind of drill it in to people. What what um do you do you face any problems? Do you think being a female in the fitness industry? Um, I wouldn't say problems. Maybe being a bit undermined because I'm young, I'm short, I look really young. Um, I think people don't think I've had a very sort of, I've not done this for years. Um, so like my favourite one is I used to teach a lot of classes at my, my place of work and people would come out and be like, oh, we weren't expecting that to be so good. You're only young. And like, it's, a, it's sort of like a backhanded compliment because... Yeah, I'm young, but I have done this since I was 14. I've made all a lot of mistakes, and I'll probably still make mistakes. I'm going to be honest. You can always like learn from people. Um, so that's probably been the only thing is you kind of get a bit undermined by people who are a little bit older than you, or people don't think you're as educated as you are um, because of sometimes how you look. Honestly, um, that's probably the only thing I've found. Do you think that um, I know a lot of the probably the ratio of male clients to female personal trainers yeah is probably like less than 10% I reckon yeah easily definitely. do you think that's a big thing because of male perception or do you think it's an ego thing I'm not sure maybe ego but I haven't I, to be honest I haven't come across much of it because I kind of do everything I don't like train people in a gym I train people from my gym at home um I don't kind of see what I would see in a gym I think um and I've not really had any issues with that sort of thing I've not got any male clients because like I said I don't think they would want to come to a little five foot three me me telling them to like come on you can do one more um so my, maybe it's an ego thing a little bit but it's just one I'd be open to it it's just I think from a male's perspective you kind of aspire to be like your personal trainer so I couldn't see a male trying to aspire to be me. <laughs> well, you don't know. <laughs> well, we live in a world full of circles. <laughs> These days, anything can happen. Um, I, I just think it's, I think it's definitely a go thing. Yeah. Like you, you don't, most men, obviously the beginning, didn't, they don't want a woman telling them what to do. Yeah. Or They think we're less things. known, or we're not as educated. Probably, yeah. Where, and probably not as strong. Where, yeah. obviously that's, obviously that's wrong because, there's a lot of women who are strong yeah. in fitness and they can probably lift more than the men. Yeah. So that's that's one thing I definitely, I always try and push with female clients. Like, they would say to me, oh, I don't like to go in the freeway area. Yeah. Why not? It's great. Because when you see a men react when a woman walks in the freeway, it's, it's like they're scared. Head's turn. It's great. Yeah, it's great because it's like a woman shouldn't be there, but it's great when they go into that area. Yeah. 
But it's almost, it is, as a female, it's almost like a bit impairing. So, like, I'll walk up the stairs because I'll go and train at a gym. Obviously, I don't train at my my home gym. And I'll just, there'll just be like a bunch of blokes. But, like, I think at the point, it just doesn't phase me anymore. I don't, I don't, to be honest, I don't think it ever did phase me, but I fully understand the sort of anxiety around it because you do feel people staring at you. And I think, especially if you don't feel like you're doing something correct, say from a client's perspective, if they're like a bit unsure on an exercise, they might then again feel like people are watching them. And it's all well and good saying, oh, people are there for themselves, they won't watch you. That is a lie. <laughs> people will watch you. Yeah. Um, and that's just being me being 100% honest. But I do think it's probably an ego thing. But what I like to do is I walk straight up the stairs and I put myself smack bang in the middle of all of them. And I, I grab my dumbbells and I just do it. I've, I've always said to people, I think that even though like them blokes in there or whatever, and they're probably lifting, I don't know, they might try and lift every weight. So, you know, it's the ego thing that they're probably not doing things right. No. Nine probably. times out of ten, them people are in there are doing things wrong or they're just lifting, I don't know, heavy weights just for to look good kind of thing. Yeah, swinging. So, so don't always worry about going in there because more, more like you're doing things right, especially if you've got a trainer or a coach you're doing things right and they're probably doing things wrong. So actually, you might think you look stupid, but they're the ones who are stupid. Yeah. So they're the right thing. Because that that, they just... And if you do things like that, it just causes yourself injury anyway. So you might as well stay in your lane. Know, do what you know, especially if it is like your first time going into sort of like a gym setting. Do what you know. Don't try doing all these crazy exercises you might see on Instagram. Like, they don't work. <laughs> Stick to the fundamentals. And just crack on, like put your earphones in, sort of block everyone out, and do you? What would you say? I've got enough tangents. Uh, people going to the gym first time. What would you say to them? Uh... See, I always say for like I have got a client who has like quite bad gym anxiety, and I did sort of put her program together so I know she could kind of grab her weights and go in like a corner because I know it is hard making that progression, and then. Now she uses the lap pull down the leg press, so she does kind of like venture out a little bit. Um, but I would definitely say, sort of, stick to what you know. One, two, stick to just a space. You don't need, you don't even need that many machines to use. Like you can do a lot with dumbbells, free weights. Use your stabilisation muscles. Get it, get the form sorted, and then slowly start to venture out. Go at quieter times, like between I don't know. What is quieter times now? Because everyone's off. Um, I'd say like one to four is quite quiet. Mornings can get quite busy. Um, yeah, put your earphones in and just sort of blank everyone out and slowly start to like go into the like more weighted sessions. Just what but, you said there about space. Yeah. If people are thinking to themselves that they need more space, not being funny, you've been jumping around your living room for about 12 months. Yeah. So if you can just find a bit of space in the gym... You don't need that much really. Yeah, grab a corner, grab your dumbbells or whatever you're using. A cables are normally quite good situated in gyms. They're normally like not smack bang in the middle. Um, and just sort of crack on. A lot of some gyms around here have like women's only sections, which is really good um, for people who do have that gym anxiety. Let's, let's, let's see, why you said that? What do you think about women's only gyms or like areas within a gym? See, I can't necessarily relate because I don't mind going into like the say normal gym um but i do think they're really good for people who do have really bad gym anxiety because i think they'll feel less sort of judged or that sort of thing but i don't really have too much of an opinion about it because i think if it works for you great you you go and do it if you like using 
the like normal section of the gym. You go and do that. I have a few people who stick to the women's only gym and I've put like specific exercises, which I know are not in that women's only gym, just so they can sort of do mainly the workout in their women's only gym. And then, but they might have to kind of venture out to like the hamstring curl and that sort of thing. So I do think it is important to kind of gain that confidence though, because these are just people at the end of the day. You're in a safe environment being in a gym. If you have got any problems, you just go and speak to one of like either the manager or PT if someone's causing you too much issues. Um, but yeah, that'd kind of be my advice on it. Yeah, I think women, well, obviously, as long as people are getting into the gym and training and stuff, and obviously they can still get their workout done yeah. within that area because the equipment's there, then it's a it's a good thing. Yeah. Obviously, like if you can get into the normal, I say normal gym or like the where everyone's allowed in, yeah. then fair enough. Obviously, boost your confidence a little bit. Um, obviously, you might have more your disposal really with machines wise but if you can get what you need to do done and it's a lay down on the gym or what then I think that's it's, it's a good thing just get yeah. people training in the gym I think people just don't deal with like the approach inside of it so like when I was younger so when I was first because I used to train from home until I was old enough to train in a gym Um, I think I was only 16 at the time and I was squatting with I think I had like 90kg on the bar more than I can do now <laughs> and I was doing like five by fives and this bloke come up to me and he was like, oh, are you okay? Do you need help? And I was like, nah, like I'm fine. And I think people don't know how to deal with that situation because I could have threatened about that and been like, oh, um, he was watching me. But like, it's kind of a, a good thing. Like people are watching and be like, you know, fair play. And I think if you do kind of take that chance and go into the normal section, quote unquote, in the gym, people will notice you for being like brave about it and... I'd, I got to know all the PTs from doing it because they could obviously see I could train. And you just you sort of, you get to know your surroundings then rather than just running into one section. You kind of can make yourself feel a lot more comfortable getting to know people. It's, it's definitely a place, obviously, like you said, for women, especially if they've not got the confidence to go into the gym at yeah. all. Yeah. It's a good place for them to start. 100%. And obviously they can progress then, whether it's obviously, like I said, like a full gym or anything like that, can progress that later on to get yeah. in there, you know what I mean? Um, talking about stuff like that, let's talk about your problems then when you were younger in your teens. I know you had some disorders and yeah. problems. So I've never spoke about ready. this. <laughs> but, um, so when I started, I said I was 14. I I think, not going necessarily on weight, but I was kind of like, I don't know. I think I started at like 10 stone something. And I lost a lot of weight quick, like two stone pretty quick went proper lean like abs everything and I've never been like um I've always had like a bit of weight on me even as a kid and I think seeing progression really quick it got me hooked on it and I was obsessed with I used to sit down like bodybuilding.com sit like reviewing all the exercises learning all the exercises um like I said before my dad was a competitor and he's very old school sort of chicken broccoli and rice sort of diet um and I think kind of seeing him do that I was like oh maybe that's what I have to do so I did used to eat sort of the same foods on the same days each week so say like Monday I'd have sweet potato and cod and peas like that's how boring my meals were but every Monday I'd have to have that meal um and I think that's where the obsession started because I just kept getting leaner and leaner. I used to walk to and from school, which was like three mile round trip. Um, and I think people, when people started to notice, it gave me a bit of like ego. But then I went really small. And when people, people used to like call me like thin or anorexic. And I think I used to get 
I used to thrive off that, honestly, and I used to like like it, but be like, oh no, no, I'm not. Um, what, what what triggered it originally? Was it a bit, I know you said my before, appendix? But, yeah, I think not being able to move um, that triggered me being getting active, but it didn't trigger the disorders. I think getting lean um, so quick triggered the disordered eating, but like. As we spoke about before, it's not all fun and games. Like I lost all my hair, I lost all my nails, like my fingertip nails. I had none. I give myself like circulatory issues. Um, or I had no energy. I was nearly anemic. Like it was. I had amenorrhea, so I lost my period as a female. It's really bad. Um, so all this stuff happened, and I think because I had such a routine that I had to stick to, like I didn't put salt on any food. I didn't have no packaged food. Everything was very, like, quote-unquote clean. But back then, that's sort of what fitness was. It weren't it weren't a very balanced approach. I don't mm. know if you kind of remember that time. Yeah, it, it was drastic then, wasn't it? It was either, yeah, it was, you either like, kind of, like, 1% who was really, really lean or you yeah. didn't kind of thing then. Which, obviously, I'm glad now we've come a bit more further away from that. Yeah. And kind of what we say is normal bodies and stuff is kind of more normal now. But yeah. It's it's not all about like we said looking good is feeling good yeah. like he says obviously you've had loads of problems with that not feeling as good and stuff like that so why would you want to feel like that exactly you know? and like I did it was the sort of time where there was like, like I said clean eating and then it kind of went into if you fit your macros like you know macro counting yeah. so I thought oh that's that's different I could I could try that um, and then I got very obsessed with numbers so. <laughs> I'd give myself calories. I don't know how I worked them out. I think I just plucked a number out of the air, not going to lie. <laughs> I'd give myself calories and cardio to do because that's what I saw the YouTube competitors do. So I thought, I'll do that as well. And if literally if I went one gram over, which for protein and fat, um, carbs, that's four calories, or for fats, that's nine calories. If I went one gram over, I'd binge eat. And I'd, I'd sit there and I'd eat like a whole box of... I always remember very vividly, you know, those like Freire Rocher boxes yeah. with like the Raffaello, the dark ones. I'd just cane like two boxes of those. Um, and I then transitioned into like binge eating quite bad and it would happen like quite a couple of times a week. So I went from being tiny like seven stone, which is not healthy for me at all, um, to 11 stone. <laughs> so again, like a lot, a lot, a lot of weight. Um and again, it disordered eating. I'd still track my calories and be like, yeah, sound. But then like, I know the chocolates would be there. So I would, if I had one, that was it. My diet was over. Even though one is like, what, 50 calories? Yeah. If I had one, my <clears> diet was over. I'd eat the whole box and then probably go and it says, I've like two bowls of cereal and I'd ruin it. And then I'd wake up the next day and be like, I'd just restrict. I'd just not eat anything. Would you, would you say that was because of lack of knowledge? Lack of knowledge and because I think I deprived myself of food for so long. So, it, like, when I was in that clean eating phase, I was so lean. Um, and it was kind of the transition. So, like, I think I was in year 10 to year, like, end of sixth form, I was really thin. So, four years. When I stopped sixth form, I didn't do all the walking. I didn't do, like, all that sort of stuff. So, my next outlet was track your calories and see how that goes but then like I say go one gram over I'd have to binge eat and I think yeah definitely lack of knowledge and a very food obsessed with everything and I got obsessed with like restriction and then binge eating and then restriction and then binge eating and it was a really vicious cycle that I used to even like google like how to change habits or how can I get out of this habit and I remember like going downstairs to my mum being like I feel sick I've done it again but I could never like make myself purge I was I, I couldn't I just that just weren't 
a part mm. of my cycle. It was like binging with no purging, but then you don't, it, it stays in your system, so you gain the weight. <laughs> and I remember I used to like chew food and like spit it out so it wouldn't go into my stomach. <laughs> so yeah, probably probably a bit of lack of knowledge. Probably I didn't know how to deal with gaining weight. Did, 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 did you actually get diagnosed with like any disorders or anything or did you just so i went to the hospital a lot of times mom used to take me i used to put like rocks in my pockets to make me a bit heavier and yeah. um, when i lost, lost all my na- nails i got diagnosed with raynards my mom used to say i was under eating i weren't physically eating, but because i was like no i'm fine nothing's nothing's happening um i didn't get taken very seriously because i said i was fine even though i was a child i didn't know um they never really took it further but I think it definitely is a sort of disordered way of eating. But I just, I never admitted it to myself, so I never could get help for it, even though my mum my did try and did, did take me to the hospital quite uh, a few it's times. It's a good thing, obviously, your mum was kind of proactive with that. Yeah, she, she tried. Yeah, um, it's bad that, obviously, I'm guessing it's changed a lot since then that they didn't believe you kind of thing or didn't no. listen to you. And I was underweight, um, like my BMI, everything was really low. And I had a, quite a few troubles growing up with like stomach issues so they had a lot of records on me being a lot heavier than what I was so putting the pieces together they would know there was an issue but because I wouldn't I didn't own up to having an issue because I didn't think I had an issue they didn't pursue it even though I was only I was like like I said I was still a child so yeah that that got swept under the rug <laughs> I definitely obviously now if you think you've got anything like this like happened to you yeah I definitely you should get yourself checked out. Yeah, even um, if you just, even if it's just like intrusive thoughts, like just ask for help. Like that's one thing I wish I did because I had to kind of deal with it on my own. I didn't, I didn't ask anyone for help. I just kind of dealt with it. I think the back obviously when I was younger than myself, like we was a lot more active and stuff. Like yeah. we used to go out and do more stuff. Yeah. Where obviously now it's more like social media or I don't know tablets and watching videos and stuff like that. So it's a lot more sedentary now, and that's why. A beast is rocketed. But yeah. Obviously, like you said, we've you gained weight and then lost it and gained weight. So I think even people who are obese now, even children, I think if they're treated in the wrong way, um, and like restricted so much, they could fall into the same trap. Yeah, definitely. Whereas they lose too much weight, and then they start to go that way, and you know what I mean. Then it has a knock-on effect, and it's like you said, a vicious circle. And it it is, and like I don't honestly, I don't even know how we got out of it. I think. I think I read somewhere that it changes. It takes so much days to change a habit, so I made it my mission to kind of not do it for that many days. And then when I did kind of binge, I'd be like, okay, and just deal with it and not restrict the day after because I know that I, I was aware that that was a cycle, even though psychologically I couldn't get out of it. But I think just like it says, lack of knowledge as I got older and educate myself more and like I come back to like a normal homeostasis weight for me and which like 11 stones heavy for me I'm only small um but I think when I balanced out and like I learned more about it I think I just kind of got over it well so you, your kind of your mind immensely took over your body yeah what your body was saying 100% yeah it was more so like I didn't want to live like it like I felt sick all the time I felt guilty I felt all these feelings and my, my brain it was more, almost like a switch in my head just went off as if to say like this isn't right, like, you've got to sort yourself out, even though I should have got help, and I admit I should have got help, I kind of just took it on myself, because I'm a very stubborn person, <laughs> and just sort of s- sorted myself out, but it's not to say that I don't still have 
those feelings because I feel like they're always with you. But if you could give your younger self advice or somebody, I don't know, who's in that kind of, what advice would you give them if you could go back or um, give somebody else advice? Probably to take things slow and day by day because I think I was always thinking about the future and how I wanted to look how off. I was so physique focused rather than performance focused. And like the one thing I do say to people is look, focus on your performance, your strength, like your energy levels, anything like that. Your physique will be a byproduct of what you're doing. Um, and I think they were the things that I didn't focus on. I didn't focus on how strong I was getting. I didn't focus on, like when I was binge eating, I was really strong because I had all these calories. That's when I was like, squatting like 90 kg 100 kg because i had all these calories but i didn't i kind of um punish myself so i never reap the benefits of it so i would say to people to focus on performance rather than what you can see in the mirror necessarily and that'd be a byproduct of the the boxes you're ticking daily probably i think that comes back to the same as obviously look at other people as well don't look at other people for your kind of your goal. Yeah, because you're never you going to look, look like, like someone else. Like, you're, you've got completely different genetics. Like, I'll never have these stick thin legs. Not a lot. I want stick thin legs. <laughs> I did at one point. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you've kind of got to be realistic with yourself and be like, genetically, this is how I am. Like, I'll never, if I'm lean, I'm not feeling my best. I know I'm not. Um, so you've kind of got to be brutal with yourself and just be like, this is, this is how I'm built and I can only improve on what I'm built like. And don't strive to look like someone else because the realism is you're never going to look like someone else. Very true, very true. Now that brings on to a good point for the next one, really. Pressure on looking perfect, as I said, but just looking good. What's, what do you think the pressure is on looking good in our industry? I think a lot, especially with social media now, because it's so easy to kind of distort your body and like for a picture or a pose to kind of make it look quote-unquote better than what it does look. And that's probably not the best way to put it, but... Um, I haven't felt that much pressure because I've been I've put it out there that I'm trying to gain a bit of weight but gain a bit of muscle but I feel like to be honest I have had to justify it by yeah. saying I'm actively <laughs> trying to gain weight so to be honest yeah I think there is a pressure because if you're a personal trainer you've kind of got to lead I, I think you have to kind of lead by example um, that's just my opinion I think, I think there's been a bit of perception like other years I've yeah. said before um, that personal trainer should look um they should look good or should mm. look in a certain way. But they're just a person like you. Yeah, of course. They're allowed it's to gain weight. Same as people, like I could say, oh, this person should look like that, but they shouldn't. Like it's it's I mean, it's how they I don't know what their life's like, I don't know what things are going in the background or same the personal trainer, yeah, okay, they're a, they're a personal trainer by day, but you don't know what goes in the background. I mean, you don't know what they're doing for the rest of the day or yeah. it's 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 not also about how good you look. You can look like the best person in the world and have no knowledge yeah. and be crap at your job. Or vice versa. I know a lot of people are really good. Yeah, they put it down look amazing, but they're really good knowledge and stuff. So yeah. they're good at what they do. And I, I just think like there's too much pressure on how certain people should look. Same in other kind of professions as well. Like there's always a perception of how people should look. Yeah. When you're a kind of profession, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it is. There is definitely like a slight pressure, but you've kind of just not got to let it get get to you because if you know your job and you know what you're doing and you know how to allow people to reach the goals and that's just not just weight loss people want to build muscle now which is like the best thing but i do think there is that sort of perception because like i said previously people kind of when they have a coach they kind of strive to look like their coach normally like that's where a lot of my p 
people like clients have come from like they'll be like oh you look really good but I just think don't compare me to you because you're a different person you have different goals you have different metabolism different lifestyle all these different things so I, I do try and push that out there but I do still think there is a pressure like underlining sort of thing which there shouldn't be but with all social media being around stuff, I think it always will be now. Yeah. Social, unless we change our ways, but even though the people of companies and stuff try to change their, their ways, like I know Jim Sharker tries to do more stuff like with um, plus size yeah. model stuff, but it, there's still that perception there, and it, I think it'll always be there just because of you kind of can't change people's minds like that easily. Yeah, so I definitely. think it, I think it'll always be there. It's just we've just got to put less pressure on it and less. It's got to be like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, it shouldn't be such like a cookie cutter sort of thing. Like, like with Gymshark, for instance, like plus size people need to, if they wanted to have go to the gym, they need active wear to fit them. And I think to show that they are being inclusive like that, is that the right word? Yeah. Um, <laughs> then it 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 sort of motivates other people who might feel like they they don't belong in a gym because of how they look. So I do definitely think we are straying away from it, especially going back years when I started when it weren't a thing when mm. everyone was lean when like so I remember I used to go to like body power with my dad and I like say I was like 15 16 and I was lean and I got pulled for like a magazine picture because I was lean but I felt like terrible I had really thin hair like I said my nails I had no nails but because of how I looked I got pulled out of a crowd but I felt like terrible whereas now I wouldn't get pulled out of a crowd because I just look quote-unquote normal yeah. to people whereas <clears throat> Before it was that whole like lean, ripped, tanned sort of look. Whereas I'm hoping we're kind of straying away from that and more going on performance, like we said before. Yeah, obviously that's why we try to push performance goals more than body goals now. Hundred like, percent. Like so we don't want people to go to like the extreme, like you said before. We probably showed when you're younger and stuff. We don't want people to go to some extremes, and that's the last thing we want. And not only does it affect you, like you body wise, but mentally as well. And that's where you start having these mental health problems and stuff coming in. And that's the last thing it's we want just these draining. days. Like no one wants to live. A life where their the whole life is revolved around food focused or exercise focused because that's the other side of it like again I've been guilty of increasing food increasing activity because they kind of they overcompensate each other it's it works hand in hand and it is still things I do struggle with now like get my steps in that sort of thing but um I just think it's important for people to be kind of honest and open about their struggles um and not kind of show away and just show the abs and be like, yeah, well, I feel great all the time. Like, okay, some people do have abs and feel great sound. I don't. <laughs> but I just think it's important to kind of show that side. And then the other side of it, not shame people who do have abs and feel great. Like, that again is another form of body shaming. So I just think just stick to what you do and focus on you rather than focus on necessarily on other people and what they're doing. Very true. That's a good, uh, good thing to say there. Uh, what's what's next for Mel? What's what's next for you? What are you doing next? What's there's a few sort of routes. So like I do kind of still want to stick on the old online coaching slash PT because it's really oh, I am really enjoying it. And like like I said before, it just doesn't feel like work. Like I might work bits all day. Like throughout the day I'll work, <laughs> but it does never feel like oh, I've got to go to a job or I've got to go and I've got to be at this shift at this time. So I think I'm just going to kind of crack on with what I'm doing. I've finished my pre and postnatal certification so I can now do like pre-pregnancy, post-pregnancy clients and I'm doing my level four nutrition so I can do 
um, I have more variety of what I can do with people's diets. So I can't necessarily still write a meal plan because you've got to stick in this, this scope of practice. Yeah. I'm not a dietitian. <clears throat> yeah. Um, that That's a whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> next time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just going to kind of keep educating myself on things always and see where things go. Like, I've not got a clear plan, to be honest. I'm just kind of going with the flow of things. Uh, obviously, like I said, coaching and online training stuff's going to obviously with the last year of lockdown and stuff's going to boom yeah and definitely. I think it'll only grow so that might be uh, something good for you to do and obviously you want to one PTs we'll come back now we're coming out of lockdown hopefully yeah. last time so I think that'll be busy again as well I think it's a busier time for all of us really personal training wise yeah definitely people people are there like people want to learn I think and even people you wouldn't expect everyone's kind of getting on the fitness bandwagon like they're just people just overall want to be healthier like there's so much more healthier choices and even when you go out for food, like, there is different options for people. Like, like I said previously, I can't eat anything. Like, I'm, I can't eat wheat or dairy. So I think there, there's been a lot more options just in general for people trying to get healthier. And I'm hoping that's kind of the shift we're going towards in the future. But... Uh, I think we've touched on good points today. And I think especially I've probably over the past stuff that uh, hopefully people take away that. Definitely. And look at their lifestyle and stuff, and hopefully make changes for themselves. Yeah, and um, if if anyone does need to chat, like all I gotta do is drop me a message. Like I have been there, and like like I said before, everything I do say is anecdotal, so don't just take it with a pinch of salt. I'm not a profession, and I won't profession. <laughs> I'm not a professional, <laughs> so I'll never act like I'm gonna tell you what to do because that's out of my scope of practice. But I just sometimes think it's it's good to talk to someone because. I didn't talk to anyone because I didn't think I needed to. Um, but yeah, that would be my kind it's of It's good advice. for people to obviously hear your side. You've been there, you've done it kind of thing and hear your <laughs> kind of side from it. Because they might yeah. have things that's going on with them and they don't realise or yeah. that you might have said something that's triggered thinking, oh, do you know what, I do that as well. Yeah, and which... that hopefully that gets them either to speak to somebody about it or go and get themselves, I don't know, checked out or anything yeah. like that. Then that could hopefully help them in the future. Yeah, they? definitely. And I do think it's it's more, it's more it's happening more obs- um, like more often and people get more obsessed with like how many steps they're doing how many calories they're eating like you don't need to track every day like track your calories to learn how much your body needs and kind of like just have fun with it like you don't need to track to the gram you don't need to if you pour like three more mil of milk into your oats in the morning don't stress like I used to stress about those things and what's that it's negligible calories it's just one of those things that I just think just take yourself, take a step back and just chill. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. Um, where can people find you then if they want to get in contact with you or anything? So my main Instagram is Mel's underscore fitness lifestyle. And then my coaching Instagram is Mel Fitness Coach, at Mel Fitness Coach. So I've got two. <laughs> Anyone, I'll answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, if anyone wants to find Mel, um, go on Instagram. Um, we're going to be uploading this to YouTube. Yep. Um, and also be uploading it to Spotify. Um, you can either find the link on my Instagram or on my website I've just launched, which I'll be uh, releasing soon on my Instagram as well. Yes. Um, as we've seen, everybody's watching. We were drinking Monster today, so if Monster want to send us any uh, free uh, products, you can. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> just so we can drink it sound really, not the video. <laughs> um, but Mel, thanks for coming on. No, thanks for having pleasure. me.